Welcome to episode 55 of Lakeshore Christian Church's Midweek Video Podcast. I'm Pastor Randy Cordell. We're coming to you live from our studio at our Antioch campus here in beautiful Nashville, Tennessee. We're happy that you're joining us today. If you haven't already done so, we'd love for you to subscribe to the podcast. Just hit that subscription button there, and you may want to hit that notification bell as well. You get notified when a new episode is posted. Uh, once it's posted, of course, you can listen to it anytime. Even though we come to you live at noon on Wednesdays, uh, we want it to be available for you on most popular podcast platforms, so you can check us out there. On the podcast each week, we are reviewing the, the message from the previous Sunday here at Lakeshore Christian Church. We're in a series right now called What a Friend We Have in Jesus. In fact, we've got one more week in this series, and this past Sunday, we looked at how Jesus is a friend of the lost, and when it comes down to it, we look at the the uh, the judgment day a lot of times as a as a scary thing, and it can be, of course, if you're not ready for it. But when it comes down to the the actual judgment itself, there's really only two possibilities: there's the saved and there's the lost. And the only way for it not to be a frightening thing is to know for sure you've settled this, you've got this already taken care of. And Jesus, being the friend that he is. He wants to make it possible for us to have that full assurance that we are living a life in Christ where we can live with that knowledge, that assurance of salvation. So Judgment Day is not a frightening thing. It's something to actually look forward to as we enter into that eternal uh, relationship with Jesus and that place he has prepared for us, for all, for all of us to enjoy the, the, the new life that will, will be our existence after we leave this world. And it's going to be so much better. So it's something to look forward to. But when you think about this judgment day and knowing we all know it's coming, we all know that we need to be ready and prepared. Why do some people either delay that decision to get ready or they simply reject that offer that Jesus is making uh, for us to be saved? And in the passage we looked at this past week, it's from Luke chapter 8, verses 1 through 15. In that passage, Jesus tells a parable. A parable is simply an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, and he uses everyday uh, examples of things that we deal with here on earth to illustrate something deeper, more, uh, more of a spiritual thing that he's wanting to teach us about. And in this case, he uses the illustration. It's often called the parable of the sower or the parable of the soil or the, the seeds, and in this parable, he talks about how the sower sows the seed and the, the soil receives it in different ways. And as you read through the parable, and he gives us his own explanation, his own uh, really a, a full explanation of what this parable really means. We don't have to guess. We don't have to wonder what this parable means. So Jesus explains it to us. The seed is the gospel, and the soils represent the condition of the hearts of those receiving or hearing the gospel, receiving the gospel, and how they respond to it. Uh, In Luke 8, beginning with verse 4, he tells it this way. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds ate it up. Some fell on rocky ground. When it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among the thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. So you see that the seed is the same in every case. 
and it's good seed, the gospel of Jesus Christ. Jesus said his word would not return to him void, that, that the, uh, the good news of Jesus is something that is good news for everyone. So the seed is not the problem here with not producing a good crop. The difference is the condition of the soil, which represents the heart of the listeners. So he gives us the explanation that some people have uh, along the path soil, which is a hard heart kind of reception to the gospel. In Zechariah 7, he speaks of a people who refuse to pay attention. Stubbornly, they turned their backs and stopped up their ears. They made their hearts as hard as flint and would not listen. So some people, when they hear the gospel, they hear it from that perspective. Their hearts are already hard, and so they don't receive it well at all. Now, there are a lot of things that could cause people's hearts to harden. Sometimes it's their upbringing. They've been raised to uh, reject Christ and the church and the gospel and everything about it. And the Bible is seen as something that's an old ancient writing that we can't depend on anymore. So with that predetermined way of looking at it, you're not going to be very receptive to anything that Jesus is saying, what the gospel says in the Bible. So uh, that can be one reason a heart has been hardened. Another reason could be simply a, a, a willful choice to go on in a sinful lifestyle. The more we do anything, the more comfortable we get with it. And we, that can be true of sin as well. And once you get comfortable with sin, uh, you don't see it as anything wrong. You don't see, uh, you're not receptive to anyone challenging that as something that you need to change and get away from. In Hebrews 3, we have a warning not to be deceived by sin. He says, See to it, brothers and sisters, that none of you has a sinful, unbelieving heart that turns away from the living God. But encourage one another daily, as long as it's called today. Here's why. So that none of you may be hardened by sin's deceitfulness. So we can be deceived into thinking sin is okay. And not only something to accept, but something to welcome and celebrate. Well, another reason some people may have a, a harder heart is their pride or their arrogance. Um, in Daniel 5, the Bible says, When King Belshazzar's heart became arrogant and hardened with pride, he was deposed from his royal throne. If you're proud of your status or your self-sufficiency, your intellect, it's very difficult to be receptive to the gospel. Jesus said you have to humble yourself and become like a little child to come to him. And that's hard for a proud person to do. And some people's hearts are hardened by painful circumstances. Uh, they've had terrible tragedies in their past. And because of that, they have hardened their heart to the idea that God could actually be a loving God who wants something good for them, what might be best for them. And so they will not even give it a chance. They won't listen to it at all. And then another reason some people have hardened their hearts is they see hypocrisy in Christians, those who wear the name of Christ, uh, and they, they hear stories of, of failures of people or, or uh, ways they've not treated people well, things like that. And so they think if that's what Christianity is all about, then I don't want any part of it. Obviously, all of those things can harden the heart. And Jesus still cares about that person with a hardened heart. He's still such a friend, even to the hard-hearted people, that he will not give up on them. He, the Bible says that he's not willing that anyone should perish. That's not his will for anybody. So he pursues all of us, even those with hard hearts. And perhaps something will happen along the way in those hard hearts that, that gives that opening, that, that crack, that, that ability for for God to say, well, if you give me this shot, if you give me this chance, I'm going to plant this seed in there and 
let it take root, and it can change your life and transform your life. Well, then the, there's that other soil that, that springs up quickly, and then it, it dies out because there's not enough moisture. He said that's the, the person, the shallow soil. It's not deep enough. The roots don't go deep enough to produce the results, the fruit that God wants to produce in our lives. There are people who, uh, and I, I confess this in the sermon this past Sunday, who come to church for very shallow reasons, maybe for the first time. That's not all bad. At least it gets them there. It could be, you know, they're looking for a date. It could be that, that they uh, came to just please a friend or a spouse that's been nagging them to come or whatever got you there. That's okay. That's a good thing. It gives a chance for the, pl- the seed to be planted there in your heart. But the problem is, is if, you, if you stay at that shallow level, that even the, a good response to the gospel on, on that level won't stand the test that come along the way in this world. Jesus was clear when he said, in this world, we're going to have trouble in testing. And if you have just a shallow faith in Jesus, then when those times of testing come, you're going to fall away. That's a term that the scripture uses quite often for someone who started out good, started out strong, but then things happen and they fall away from their walk with Christ. And we see that often. It's a uh, it's a very common thing, especially, I think, in the U.S. church. Uh, we have what has often been called cultural Christianity in the U.S. Now, it's beginning to fade a lot because the U.S. Is, beco- is becoming more and more secular. But in the U.S., there's still this cultural Christianity where it's a real shallow, surface-level kind of faith where when it's convenient and when you know everything's good and when it's to my advantage, then I might be in church and I might... Uh, wear the name of Christ, but when it's not convenient anymore or when, when it's a struggle to do that, when I might not be as popular because of it, then it's really easy for those people to fall away. But I want you to know Jesus still has a heart for those who might be dealing with, with this shallow Christianity. He doesn't want you to fall away. He wants you to understand that there are things you can do to grow deeper. And in fact, the challenges themselves that come along can grow us deeper in our faith if we don't fall away in the process. There are three really common tools that the Lord uses to deepen us. One is the Word of God itself, our knowledge of Scripture. The deeper we get into a, an understanding of God's Word, the deeper our faith becomes. Faith comes by hearing God's Word. The more you know, the more you apply to your life, the deeper your roots go in your relationship to Jesus. Uh, but another thing that deepens our relationship with Jesus is Christian relationships. As we form these bonds with brothers and sisters in Christ and we do life together, it, it strengthens us. We are there for each other to encourage each other, to hold each other accountable, to build each other up. Uh, and that makes us stronger when the trials and temptations come along our way. There's another area God uses often to deepen our faith, uh, our roots in the faith, and that's our uh, Christian service. When you serve others in the name of Jesus, you get deeper in your walk with Jesus. Jesus said, the greatest among you will be the servant of all. The more we serve others, the more we become like Jesus. He said, I came not to be served, but to serve and to give my life as a ransom. So for those shallow Christians, Jesus is a friend. He wants to deepen you in your walk with him. And then there's this other group. It says they spring up and, and they are off to a good start. But then there are things in, the, in life that choke out the thorns that come along the way. And, and those thorns, uh, it says in Scripture, are, are just the everyday things of life that we can get so busy with. 
Christ and the church just get kind of get shoved off to the side of the calendar because our calendar gets full with so many other things that we're doing. It's usually not bad things that choke out Christ and his kingdom, but it's the cares, the pleasures, the riches of this world, the pursuit of those things uh, can so consume our time and our energy and our resources that we don't stick with our walk with Christ. Paul said of one of his uh, helpers, he said, Demas has forsaken me having loved this present world. He didn't want to make the sacrifices, the commitments that he needed to make to continue in his service in the kingdom. So it's not that they're necessarily bad things, but they're secondary things. There are jobs and our recreational activities and our entertainment activities. All, all of those things are, you know, we've got uh, marriages, we've got children, we've got that stuff that is so sometimes, even though it brings us joy, it can also be all-consuming. And when it's all-consuming, something gets left out. And oftentimes what gets moved to the side is the things of Christ. Jesus was always encouraging people to get our priorities straight. Right? In Matthew 6, uh, verse 31, he said this, Don't worry, saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? Right? Those normal everyday things we have to be taken care of. He says, for the pagans run after all these things. Your heavenly Father knows that you need them. Instead of getting all caught up in that, he says, but verse 33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He doesn't mean you don't need to go to work. You don't need to schedule things and have activities. He's not saying that. He's just saying that when you're making priorities for your life, make sure the kingdom of God is first. Then all those other things will get lined up the way they need to. I talk about this many times. I heard the illustration years ago of top button issues, right? If you get the top button right on your shirt, then the others start lining up properly. Well, the things of the kingdom are the things that should be the top button issue of our lives. We get that one right, then everything else starts to line up properly. You got to settle your priorities early and stay the course. Well, he talks about another group, the heart that is receptive, that produces the crop, the fruit that God wants to produce through our lives. When we are getting things right, putting God first, when we are deepening our roots in the gospel, uh, and uh, we're in the word like we need to be, we're in prayer like we need to be, we're in fellowship with others in Christ the way we need to be, we're serving like we need to be, then what happens is God uses that. He deepens us even through the hard things, and he is able and his great love for us to bring even good, good things out of the hard things. Remember that passage? He's able to, to produce good things for us. When we love him, when we're called according to his purpose, he can use all things uh, for our good. So we need to know that, that God has this plan and this purpose for our lives. He's a friend to us. No matter what's going on, if we can keep the priorities straight, he wants to be that friend that is pursuing us so that we're not lost. He wants all people to come to know Jesus. Jesus said, I came to seek and to save that which is lost. So we need to see Jesus as that friend who's there not to condemn us, but to save us. That's what the cross is all about. That's what the gospel is all about. Well, this next week, we finish up the series with a message called Jesus is a Friend of the Fearful. And it's in, John, it's in Luke 8 as well, another account of an encounter Jesus had with his disciples. And this time he's on a boat uh, traveling across the Sea of Galilee, and a storm comes up. And, and there's fear that comes in uh, when that, the storm hits. 
so I hope you'll join us next week. We're going to see three incredible transitions in this encounter from calm to chaos, from panic to peace, and from fear to amazement uh, as Jesus interacts with those that he cares about and is a friend to on that boat. And we're going to finish up looking at four reasons that we can trust Jesus as our friend. He's never afraid. He's all-powerful. He's always present. And here's the kicker. He conquered the grave. There's no other friend you can find in this world that can do all those things for you like a friend like Jesus can do. So we want you to join us this next week at Lake, at our Antioch campus. We have services at uh, 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. At the uh, Smyrna campus, we have a 10 o'clock service. We live stream our service at uh, 9 a.m. every Sunday morning. If you can't be here with us in person, uh, you can join us for that. Uh, and you may want to do this to prepare for this next week's message. There's a song out on Christian Radio that I really like. In fact, it came out last year by Josh Wilson. It's called, the title of it is Things That I'm Afraid Of. And the hook line in the whole song is this. The things that I'm afraid of aren't afraid of you. Talking about God. So as we're dealing with fear, it's great, great to know that we have a friend like Jesus. We hope you'll join us there. Before we go, i got a few things I want to remind you of, uh, announcements of things that are happening here at Lakeshore. Uh, coming up on September the 9th, that's a Saturday night, we're going to be doing a night of praise at our Smyrna campus. Uh, it's our first time doing that. We're going to be bringing both campuses together. Uh, we're going to have praise team members from both campuses that are joining together to lead us in some great Christian music. We're going to have some prayer time together and some some uh, time in the Word together. So we hope you'll join us. That'll be at 6 p.m. Saturday, September the 9th at the Smyrna campus. Ladies, please know you need to go ahead and register if you'd like to attend the ladies' retreat at White Mills Christian Camp. It's coming up September the 14th through the 16th. They have a great program planned there. You can register on our website at lakeshorechristian.com or at the kiosk at either campus out in the lobby there. We have Back to Church Sunday coming up, Sunday, September the 17th. This is a national celebration. So many people over time get disconnected from church, and taking those first steps back can be really difficult. The greatest thing to help them with that is an invitation from a friend. We want to help you with that. So we've, uh, we've printed up some invite cards, we're calling them, that you can take on Sundays. We have them available for you to get and take with you and hand to some friends and say, listen, I'd love to invite you to be my guest on Sunday, uh, September the 17th. It's Back to Church Sunday uh, all around the country. So for both campuses, we've got the information about the campuses on those cards and the times of services. There's a QR code they can scan to go to our website and check us out there. We hope you'll take some cards and invite some others to come and be your guest on Sunday, September the 17th. We have a blood drive scheduled here at the Antioch campus uh, with the American Red Cross. It's going to be Tuesday, September the 19th from 1 o'clock to 6 o'clock. You can schedule a time anytime during that time to come and uh, donate blood. If you're physically able to do that, you can make such a huge difference. You can save a life by donating blood. We'll hope you'll sign up for that. And uh, make sure you're following up on that schedule to be here when you sign up for it so that you can make that difference in people's lives. We love uh, having you with us for this podcast. We want to see you in person if you're in the area. So make sure you plan to come and join us on Sunday. And if you can't be with us in person, remember, we live stream our services every Sunday morning. We'll hope you'll join us there as we continue to connect, grow, and serve here at Lakeshore Christian Church.